The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to another episode of Trading Secrets. Today, I am joined by cookbook author, private chef, and food lifestyle writer, Gabby Dawkin. Gabby launched her now infamous website, What's Gabby Cooking, in 2009 after graduating from college. I also like that it was a business degree, so we're going to get into that transition. (laughs) Packed with recipes, the site brings a fun, playful, and inspiring perspective on cooking and living a happy, healthy lifestyle in today's crazy world. Her website and food lifestyle creativity eventually extended into an immense social media platform, which now has over 2 million combined followers. Gabby is also a three-time cookbook author with her fourth cookbook titled, What's Gabby Cooking? Take It Easy, Recipes for Zero Stress Deliciousness, set to be released in September. Today, we are going to dive into how Gabby went from running a hobby blog to ascending to the top of a food media empire. Gabby, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. All right. Well, we're going to kick off. I want to get into your story and all the transitions because it's so cool, but the name of the podcast is Trading Secrets. We're yep. going to start off with a trading secret for our listeners. Because one thing I think about often is, and we actually just talked about it because I'm on my fourth cup of coffee. I feel like <laughs> Gabby was judging me. But the, the importance of food and what it could do to eat, your emotional state, your productivity, yeah. and just what your takeaway is. So what type of trading secrets do you have for someone that wants to like, improve their overall productivity when they think about what they eat and drink? Yeah, so all the overarching, you know, mindset behind what's Gabby cooking is doing everything in balance. So it's never restricting anything. You know, I never take cheese off the table. I never take alcohol off the table. Like I'm everything in moderation, including moderation. So, but there are certain things that definitely make my body feel better than others. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm, I can't ever give up carbs entirely because I know that I need that to like have my brain functioning at the highest power. Like I have to have some sort of carbs in my life, but I maybe if I eat a pile of queso, I'm going to feel a little (laughs) crappy for the rest of the day. So like, you know, you just got to listen to your body. I feel like it's so different for everyone, but really you got to be in tune with what you're putting in. I try and put in as many fruits and vegetables. I just did get into the caffeine game, which is very thrilling to me. (laughs) I have a latte every morning. I don't know what I've been doing for the past 30 years, but like now I'm I'm in the game. So you never had coffee before? I had coffee once in college, like studying for a test at 11 p.m. And I didn't sleep. I thought I was going to vomit the whole test. (laughs) So I never had it again. And it was like a mocha with like a double shot of chocolate. Like it was delicious. Oh my God. Yeah, and then something happened. I had a baby, and now I'm now I'm now I'm ready to go. I don't know how you do it. I'm I'm four <laughs> deep, and I'm still like, okay, wake You're up. You're very no, oh, you feel up, like very go. balanced, very right vibrant. Now. Okay, four good. coffees, good. I'd be literally on the floor <laughs> under this table. Oh well, we were just partying hard at we were at Wells and Sarah's wedding out in Slovang. That's how you pronounce Sol- it, Solvang. Solvang, and it was just beautiful. So we're back at it. We're here Monday. I want to get into your career track though, because you have a, a business degree and you graduate in business and marketing, mm-hmm. but then you decide that you want to become a chef. What was that transition like and how hard was it to make the transition? So prior to going into business, I was pre-med, which is just so wild because I was 
like I don't I, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. Can we cuss? <laughs> like I had I, my dad was a doctor, so I just thought it was the right thing to do when I graduated high school. I got sure. my first C at OCHEM, and I was like, gotta go. Bye. <laughs> this isn't for me. Switched to business, graduated college, got a job in like fashion PR and marketing for the first six months out of college, and truly uh, hated it. Like yeah. was like, what am I doing? Like I didn't enjoy the company I was working for. I didn't love my bosses. I wasn't like doing anything that really excited me. So I quit and I went to culinary school. So then I worked through culinary school and started my website, What's Gotta Be Cooking, which at the time was a hobby and kind of got to use a little bit of my business degree and like getting that up and running and very early, like starting to work with brands and all that. Okay, got it. So you start, you go to culinary school, you start the blog while you're in school. Mm -hmm. And after you finish school, was the blog at a position from a business perspective that you could do that full time? Or was I it not wish. there yet? No, it <laughs> that would have been it the was dream. A, so like I went to culinary school in probably 2010. Okay. I started the blog in 2009, a few weeks prior. And I started working as a private chef the first week of culinary school. Okay. Which is comical because I couldn't cook fish or steak. And I just, you cook? I was just like baking it till I made it. Like I, I, I followed recipes. Like I lived yeah. on foodnetwork.com trying to figure out how to make Branzino. But, oh you know, God. it took me a couple weeks to get through the fish and the meat part of culinary school. So then I was a little bit more confident. But wait, what was the question? No, the blog was not successful enough okay. to when I was done with culinary school. I kept private chefing for a number of years. Okay, private chefing. That mm -hmm. is a whole in industry in its own. I love, by the way, the transitions from pre-med yeah. to business to being a private <laughs> chef. That is the roller coaster <laughs> I'm talking about. One mantra we talk about here is like break the blueprint, do it your way and no one else's. But you become a private chef. What kind of money can you make as a private chef? So like I know some people charge like an actual salary. Like yeah. I was just doing a day rate. So I think okay. I was making like 500 bucks a day to do okay. breakfast, lunch and dinner. I mean, for me, it was when I first started private chefing for this family in Malibu, I was making like $40 an hour and I'd work like four or five hours a day. It was while I was in culinary school. Okay. And then when I went to this other client, I was probably making $450 to $500 a day. I'd get there, I'd cook breakfast, lunch, make dinner, pop dinner in the fridge and leave. So I would get home around three. Gotcha. So okay. like it was a six, seven hour day plus grocery shopping. It, it was great money. Like if you find an amazing client who yeah. you enjoy being around, you have to remember when you're a private chef, you're in someone's kitchen. It's like yeah. the heart of their home. They're going to be in there. Their kids are going to be in there. Yeah. If they have staff, they're all going to be in there. You got to be happy where you are, gotcha. where you're working. But it was great money. Okay, this is a random. I'm thinking yeah. those people, the, the people at that level that are hiring a private chef like mm -hmm. that. Like, what is the process for them to find a private chef? Like, is there a, like a LinkedIn jobs for yeah. private chefs? Like, where do you go to great get placed? question? Okay, so there's a company that I so the client I'm talking about is Jessica Simpson. That's who I worked with. That was your my client? second client. Yeah. Wow. Love her and her deal? entire family. It was <laughs> really so cool. fun. But there's a company called the Help Company. Okay. And they place like they do they do domestic placements. So private chefs, nannies, personal assistants, all that kind of stuff. Okay. And Claudia, the owner, and I had somehow met each other. I don't remember how. And she called me one day and she's like, I'm looking for someone to be a private chef, but they they don't want a restaurant chef. They want someone who's going to like seamlessly fit into their friend group and who's going to be like a light in their kitchen and just a joy. So it's really like hardcore matchmaking. Yeah. Because some people are not, that's not what they want. They want someone who's going to wear a chef coat, not make any noise, make an incredible five-star meal, and then like clean up everything very quietly so they can't. Yeah, there. exactly. Got That's it. not me. Like yeah. I, I showed up in Lululemon's <laughs> and a t-shirt. <laughs> I made incredible food, but like, that's not my vibe. Got so it. when Claudia from the help company was 
find trying to place this person for Jess, she was like, I actually think you'd be perfect for this. Like they want someone that's going to be a friend. And I was like, I was 23, 24 at the time. I was like, cool. Let's and it's Jessica Simpson. Yeah, like, exactly. That had to be so like the, cool. I grew up watching the newlyweds. Yeah. <laughs> when you're in a position like that, do you have to like sign like an NDA? Cause yeah. you probably hear a lot of things. Yeah, going I did on. sign an NDA, yeah. but it was like, I, I actually don't think I signed it till like a year into my job. And they're like, oh shit, we never got dr- like, whatever. I, I love her. I have nothing yeah. bad to say. She's yeah, yeah, an incredible yeah. human. I love her entire family and team, but Yes, you do normally sign an NDA. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so when you're a private chef and you're now you're working with a big celebrity, did you ever think, like, is there a longevity in being a private chef for the entire career? Or is it in that world, is it more, like, respectful to, like, try and go to, like, a big restaurant, be a head chef? Like, what's the career track? There? I think when you're, if you don't want to be in a restaurant, yeah. like, listen, when you're in a restaurant, you're working 3 p.m., 2 p.m. till, like, 2 a.m. Like, it's a it's while. Crazy. Yeah, like, and I'm I'm in bed by 9.30. Like, <laughs> I love sleeping. That's not, and I don't, like, drink enough or whatever. So, I think it just really depends on your goals. For me, if I was going to stay in the private chef world, I think the goal is to find a family you love being with and grow okay. with them until, you know, their needs change. And then you go find another family that you also, you know, love to be with. Back then, I was married without kids. So it was a lot easier for me to hop and travel with sure, them sure. or anything like that. Now that you have a kid, you're like, I wouldn't ever be able, like, I very rarely private chef anymore, but I couldn't work with someone who, you know, it's like, come to the Hamptons for two weeks and sure. let's go on a boat. You know, like, that would never work for my lifestyle. Wouldn't work. Okay. And now I'm yeah. curious a head chef, like, what, like at a good restaurant, not like the best oh, top God. star Michelin restaurant. What does that head chef make around? I don't, I have no idea. If you had to guess, what would you put it at? I mean, I have no clue. A head chef. I, I I would say at least six figures, like yeah, 150, so. 175. That, right. that, w- that would be my gut, but I truly have no idea. I've never looked into it. There you go. Stay tuned for the recap. <laughs> We're going to do a deep dive on what head chefs are making. Maybe we'll call a few and get some yeah. numbers. So what was the transition out of, at what point did you say, I no longer need to work for you, Jessica. My blog's blowing up. So when What's Gobby <laughs> Cooking started making as much money as I was making private chef, not maybe as much, but almost as much. And I, I'm a big saver. Like I babysat in college. I saved all that money. I Love like, that. I don't like, I'm not a big spender. So I yeah. kept putting money away. And when What's Gotta Be Cooking was doing a little bit of ad revenue, a little bit of brand partnership deals, I was like, if I'm going to make a go of this, I might as well. I'm 25. Like, let's try it now. Yeah. Like I'm young. I can always go back to private chefing. I can always go back to the business world. It doesn't matter. Like, right. let's just make a jump. And I, and I tried it and I never look back. Interesting. Okay, 2009, 2022, people will be listening to this podcast trying to figure out maybe what side hustle they could do. Maybe they could start a blog. Would you recommend starting a blog in 2022? So here's the thing. I I would. I think social media is like if you start an Instagram or a TikTok, you like kind of sort of own your platform. But what happens if Instagram shits the bed and goes away? You lose that whole ownership. Yeah. Like you don't have their emails. You don't have, you know, they're you're not on their favorites of their website. So like I think having some thing that you own is really important. So what's got to be cooking dot com. I own I own everyone's I like I have access to everyone email addresses that come there so I can yeah. like let them know what I'm doing or where to come. So I think the social media is important and okay. like you absolutely have to crush it there. But I think it's nice to have a website that's like a land. Like I look at what's got be cooking as the hub for all my content. My recipes are there. My books are there. My book tour, like anything you need, you could get there. But like you don't go there every day. You go to yeah. Instagram, you go to TikTok, TikTok, you go to, you yeah. go to a podcast, wherever you go. But the website is 
what I can control. Okay, entirely. so that's like the epicenter mm-hmm. of what everything that you have going on. Yes. From that, like, how has are you monetizing through affiliate marketing? Are you monetizing through selling your own stuff through the blog? How are you making money? Yeah. So a number of different ways. One, like the easiest one that I think everyone knows about is just ads. Like yeah. there's just, you know, I have an ad network that puts ads on my websites and or on my website and we have as many or as little as we want. Mm-hmm. We do sponsored content. So okay. that's when a brand like Tillamook comes to me and wants to create like 10 recipes and I make those recipes using their product. We get probably, you know, like I turn down 90% of the offers that come my way. Do you because, really? Yeah, because they're not all good products. Like I would never, no amount of money is worth to me, like uh, no offense to anyone who loves vegan cheese, but yeah. like I would never work with a <laughs> vegan cheese company no matter how much money they had because I uh, like- You won't eat it yourself. I wouldn't. And like, that's not my brand. Like I, yeah. I would much rather stay true to myself than tr- and turn down that gig. Interesting. So, so 90% we do, though, that's a lot. It's a lot. That's but, interesting. But it's also just like, I don't have time to do it yeah, all. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. try and do True. like bigger, fewer, bigger partnerships these okay. days. So yeah. they're like six months to 12 months long. Like we've had a real, we've been really changing the way we do things at What's Gotta Be Cooking in the last year and like trying to be a little bit, you know, bigger picture thinkers. Interesting. Because we've had a lot of like different influencers and, and people in all different industries sure. come and talk about the whole sponsored post discussion. And it does seem like everyone's, for the most part, is doing one-offs, like mm-hmm. package with like two posts, two stories. Yeah. You have found ways to get a year deal or beyond. Yeah. So I just like brands approach me directly before I like pass them off to anyone on my team. Okay. And I will just tell them before they can talk to anyone else in my company, like I don't do one-offs, like unless this is a six-month gig. And you have like larger, like unless we're getting doing some sort of media push or there just has to be something more there. Otherwise, uh-huh. it doesn't feel like like I would just rather do something that I can really like sink my teeth into and my audience is going to sink their teeth into. And then when they go grocery shopping, they're like, oh, that's the ricotta Gabi <laughs> buys. That's what I'm forever. Like they're always yeah. going to think about that or that's the tomato sauce or that's the alcohol or whatever it is. So uh-huh. I try and tell people that up front. Okay. So that way, if they're like, no, this is a one-off. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'm not your girl for this, but come back to us when the time is right. That's pretty cool. I, I respect you for that. I probably need to do a little bit more of that, but you know it's what? It's scary as shit, yeah. but it's also like, usually they come, if they really want you, yeah. they'll come back. Well, it's longevity. 2009, yeah. this started. 2022, yeah. uh, you're, you're rolling full speed ahead. So obviously that's working. Yeah. When you look at the sponsorships and the posts, which area are you able to make the most money per rate? Is it Instagram, TikTok? Is it your blog? Like which one of those can you charge the most? Right now, it's definitely Instagram with a heavy emphasis on the website because social media to me and I think to big brands is fleeting. Like I put up a video or a reel or something or a TikTok and you'll see it for like a week or two or three, no matter Mm -hmm. how long it's getting served to someone. But if you also have that recipe or that travel guide living on whatscobbycooking.com, that's there forever. And the SEO from that can live, you know, infinitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, I think the smart brands are looking at both. Okay. You know, like I feel like people, if you want access on the podcast and Instagram, like whatever it is, like, I feel like you got to do like some sort of multiplay there now in today's okay. world because there's yeah. so much content. So much. It's everywhere. But just like in terms of which platform makes the most money for us, it's Instagram right now. Instagram. And when, when did that change happen? 
Like at what point was it something else before Instagram? It was just the website before. So like a okay. lot of the content is a blog post with a push on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, blah, 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 blah. Now it's like we want a reel, but like we also want this website. You, we want it to be there as well. Okay. No one's really spending a lot of money on Facebook and Twitter as yeah, far as no, I'm Pinterest. I don't see anything like out not, there. No. not happening yeah. anymore. It's video. Like yeah. everybody just wants video. You're seeing a slight transition, I think, to TikTok, but yeah. you're right. It's mostly an Instagram now. When you look back at all the deals you've done, what is like the most marquee deal where you made the most? It was the best deal, like you're so proud of. My favorite deal I've ever done to date was Capital One, which is like yeah, something you would expect never. That. I know because it's not a food brand, but it was. I love working with companies. Another one I really I loved was this an airline out of South America called Lawn Tam. Okay. Um, but like not normal food companies that would come to me. And the, but the the airline company came to me. I don't know, eight years ago. And okay. they're like, we want to bring, you know, more Americans to South America. Okay. We want to take you to Chile and Brazil and Peru. And I don't remember what other place we went. And I want you to tell your story. There were no restrictions. There were what? no guidelines. It was just like, we're going to put you on a plane. We'll put you in these cool hotels. We'll feed you amazing, amazing. food. And you tell your story. Jeez. Which was like brilliant. They won awards for this campaign. And it, it continued for like three years. It kept getting renewed because it yeah. was such a successful payout. Right. And Capital One is like kind of similar. They're, they want to tell the story of how you can use your Capital One card but by just regular people. Yeah. So like, how am I using my card? Am I going on a date with my husband? And am I taking my daughter on like a cool family vacation? Like, how do we tell those stories? You're using your credit card no yeah, matter yeah, where yeah. you go. So like, what are those stories we can tell in there? Capital One, I wouldn't have expected that yeah, from you. Amazing. I was expecting some kind of food team. brand, but that is, that's really yeah. interesting. <laughs> All right, now let's go transition a little bit into the cookbook deal. So mm -hmm. you're you're on your fourth book. You've had yes. three books. Did you? I, I just wrote a book, so I've been very open about the book, the sales, all the the advance, all the 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 workings of the whole process. Yes. Did you have an agency reach out to you? Did you self publish? Did you get an advance? What did that? Process so this is look a like? funny story. My first book came out in 2013. Okay. And it was it's a little book called Absolutely Avocados. It's more of a gifty book than my last my subsequent three. Yep. Um, and I wanted this one agent and her name was Janice. And I emailed her and I was like, hi, Janice, my name's Gabby. I'm dying to work with you. And she literally was like, nah, girl, you're not ready for me. And Come I was on. like, oh, I was so offended. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Root. Yeah, literally. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, and I just kind of put it in the back of my head. And I got another agent at this culinary conference who helped me get this first book deal. Okay. And the book deal came about very Coincidentally, we were sitting at dinner with a group of bloggers in New York. Yeah. This was back when like people would go to blogging conferences a hundred years <laughs> ago. Things have changed. And things have really changed. <laughs> yeah. They don't even exist anymore. And I was sitting next to an editor and I was like, so who are you working on now? Like, are you doing, are you going to go after Pioneer Woman or any of these big food bloggers? He's like, well, I'm actually trying to figure out how to publish people like you. And I was like, like me? Like me? I had 5,000 followers on Twitter. Like I was like little peanuts. In what year was this? 2020. 12, okay. maybe 2011. Okay. I was a little baby blogger. Okay. And he was like, what would you write a cookbook on? And at the time, I was known on Twitter as the girl who loved avocados. And I was just very jokingly like, obviously, I'd write a cookbook on avocados. And he mm -hmm. called me a week later. He's like, do you have an agent? 
And I was like, nah, not yet, but I'm talking to someone. He's like, well, we want to buy your avocado book. And I was like, what? Were you actually talking to someone or were you just yeah, like, did I you had put like, that? Okay. I had like so kind of had this relationship, yeah. but I had no idea how to put together 75 avocado recipes. Like that was, a, like it just <laughs> came out of my mouth. I didn't really think about it. I do that a lot. I just yeah. like say things and then I think about it later. So anyways, we did the first book. It sold fine. Like I true, I think I've made like, I got an advance which I spent every dollar of on to the make the book. Uh-huh, How much the was photog- the advance for the book? I think it was book. like 40K. Okay. And okay. I spent literally 25 on the photography and food styling. I work with my two best friends, Matt and Adam, who do all of my creatives. And then I hired a PR agency, which ate up the rest. Yeah. So like oh, I literally gosh. made no money. And I think my checks from that have been like $7. Okay, like, so nothing you know, much like has come I never from made any money off of that. Question on the PR front. So yeah. I, had a, I had a PR group I worked with and they were like the New York business PR group. You gotta yeah. use them. And they charged, it was 7K a month they charged. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? This is a book. It's a once in a lifetime thing. Let's give it a go. Mm-hmm. And I only did a two month deal with them. So oh, wow. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. Because everyone usually says six, six months, yeah, a year. I go, I'll do two months just to see, like, you got to earn this. I'm going to just throw it out. Yeah. And they were really nice people, but they just yeah. weren't able to do much for well, me. Do you look back on like the PR spend and think it's worth it or not? Yeah. So everyone I've done has been like 6K a month for six months. So that's okay, $36,000 usually. Yeah. That's a lot of fucking money. Hell yeah, it is. I thought it was really worth it the first first two books I did because okay. they got me on the Today Show. They got me on Kelly and Ryan. However, I will tell, I, you're obviously very charismatic. I think you could do the same thing. I haven't hired PR for my last two books because I can do it. Yeah, I can. I, I know the producers You could reach the out Today to them, Show. right? Yep, I follow yep. them all on Instagram. I can right. DM them when I want. Or I can talk to, I can, you know, like slide into someone's DMs and be like, hey, would you ever have me on the talk or whatever, whatever it is. Like, I feel like things are changing yep. and I'm very good at asking for what I want. So for me, that 36 K I'd rather spend on, you know, I don't know what, uh, anything. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I totally, it's a totally lot of money. No disrespect to PR people. Yeah. I think a book PR is the hardest PR to do. Like I think restaurant PR, 100% pay for that. Yeah. But like book is tough. Yep, I agree. But I think that a big takeaway for anyone listening to this is if there is someone or something you want to do, more often than not, people are like, oh, you need to know someone or do this. You can backdoor this stuff on LinkedIn. You can go look casting directors, Mm -hmm. producers, whatever your industry is, find these people and be able to get in touch with them, that's what they're doing. Yeah. Like, that's what I was that's what I was paying for. Someone to pitch me. But if you could pitch yourself, no matter what world it is, right. you might get access a little faster than you think. I and think I think people have point. a lot of respect for that. They're True. like, oh cool. Like here I am. She wants to be on, you know, to the Today Show, for example. Yeah. Like maybe she's not ready to be on the Today Show, but we could put her on like the digital port. You know, like there there are ways you can pitch that and get in the door, get your foot in the door before they put you on the big the big screen. Hundred percent. And I, so I was working with a correspondent for CNN because mm-hmm. I was talking about how can I do more of this pay transparency, money, financial stuff, and get picked up by like a CNN or an MSPC. And she was just saying like a Bloomberg. She's like, what you have to do is yourself. You have to email these people. Do not have assistant. Mm. Do not have anyone from your team. Mm-hmm. The respect these producers will have if they see that Huge. like you're putting that in is next level. And I think that is something that's contagious across all industries, not I would just agree. getting your not I mean any industry. But okay, so book one, 40k advance. We got all of it out the door. Your profit seven bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Check. <laughs> How was book two and three? What was the story so there? So book two and book three, Janice called me. 
my agent. Oh, she came back. She came back. So why did she come back? So the first book came out in 2013. I didn't do another book until 2018. So I think Mm. it was in 2016, maybe like halfway through Janice dropped me an email and she's like, I've been watching. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm ready to chat if you're ready to chat. And I was like, okay, like so flattered. And I got on the phone with her and she's like, listen, I've been paying a lot of attention to what you've been doing for the last three years. I saw your sales from book number one. They were fine. They weren't amazing. I think there are some things we could do differently if you Mm. wanted to work together. I'm in if you're in. And I was Uh like, I'm in. Like I send me a contract. I broke up with my (laughs) old agent. I signed with Janice and she put me through the ringer as in she, like I, I, my first book, I never wrote a proposal. Did you have to write a proposal? Oh yeah, yeah, it was hell. I did not I write a proposal that. for yeah, avocados. Fifty pages. But for, yeah, oh. so for the next book, I had to write a full proposal, uh-huh. and I hired someone to help edit the proposal. We shot the proposal. I had Matt and Adam help me shoot and style it. We made it this beautiful package. And you're doing this because tell them, when I had to do my proposal, I didn't have an offer on the table yet. Oh no, so I didn't have an offer on the table. So you're putting all that money, money for the proposal, correct? Just and there might not be an offer. No, but you're doing yeah. it in hopes that there is, and that saves you time and money down the road. Got it. Understood. So, like the ten recipes we photographed for this second book proposal, we ended up using them in the book. So, like I didn't, oh, okay. we didn't have to so reshoot those. Yeah, gotcha. but like I was trying, or if it, if I never got a book deal, could I have put those on my website and utilized those photos in another way? Understood. Like that's Repurpose how I was kind of thinking about it. Okay. So I worked with Janice. She ripped my proposal to pieces. Mm -hmm. She's made me such a better writer just by her feedback. It's incredible. And then I remember she was like, I need you to be at your desk on, I don't remember, let's say April 27th, where I'm having every single meeting today. I'm shopping your proposal around and we're going to we're going to take it to a bidding war. And I was like, a bidding war? What does that mean? <laughs> like, I just sold my book to the first editor who wanted me last time. And I sat by my desk and every half an hour, I'd get another offer in my email. Wow. And it was wild. And I was like, I was terrified to get up and go pee because I was like, I have to be ready if Janice needs me to make the decision. <laughs> and at the end of the day, she called me and she's like, here's who has the biggest, you know, the biggest budget. Here's who's going to have the most, give you the most control. Who's going to micromanage you the most. Mm -hmm. You have 24 hours to make a decision. And I was like, I was like so unprepared for that. (laughs) And I went with not the biggest offer, but I went with who was going to give me the most creative control. And that's how I wound up with Abrams and my editor there, Holly, who is a dream. Wow. She'll never, she has lots of kids. I'm sure she's not going to listen to any of my (laughs) podcasts that I ever do, but she's an angel and she lets me have full control, which to me is more important than, you know, another couple thousand dollars, 10,000, whatever it is. Like, I was going to say, how much was the difference between that deal and I the deal I think it was an $80,000 difference. So that's a that's lot. That's a of, substantial amount. It was a substantial amount. But the, the like, I literally, I don't know, I can't speak for every publishing house, but I have an idea. I tell Holly, I sell it, like she buys it. Okay. And I don't have to get any approval ever again that's huge that's it like i don't i obviously everything goes through like edits and she comes back with notes and everything but like we don't have to discuss recipes she trusts our creative vision entirely she lets us do whatever we want which is so valuable got it okay so book one we we heard the story there the seven bucks the 40k how did book two look from a profitability standpoint. So book two was, I actually made some money off of it. I'm of the mindset that books are a marketing tool. Like I would rather put 
most of the money into hiring like a ghostwriter for lack of a better term to edit all of my head notes to ed- to make sure I sound smart and yeah. not I'm not repetitive and to pay for Matt and pay for Adam and pay for a f- uh, prop stylist so like I sink a lot of money into my books like each book two three and four has cost over a hundred thousand dollars just to make just to make it. yeah that I'm paying for Wow. So, and then, you know, you go on book tour and regard, sometimes your publisher pays for that. Sometimes you're paying for that. Yeah. So like, yeah, you're making some money at the end of the day, but you're not making millions of dollars. Right, right. That's not the cookbook world. At least that, I'm not Ina. Like okay. one, <laughs> maybe one day I can aspire to be Ina and making those kinds of dollars on a book. But like, that's not it right now. Okay, understood. And we know the first book's about avocado. Second book, quick summary, what's it about? So the second the book's name? called What's Gobby Cooking? Everyday California Food. And it was just like a celebration of like colorful, flavorful California style food. The third book was called What's Gobby Cooking? Eat What You Want. Wow, okay. I really had to think about that. <laughs> that was a long pause. And it was it was kind of my way. There, I get so many messages all the time. We're like, how do you eat pasta? And you're not 700 pounds. Or do you cut cheese out? Mo- like, do you just eat cheese on Insta Live and you don't eat cheese the rest of the week? And I'm yeah. like, no, like I eat whatever I want. I just listen to my body, which we kind of talked about sure. at the top of the episode. And this most recent book that comes out in a couple of weeks is called Take It Easy, 100, 101 or something. I don't remember how many recipes are in it. Recipes for Zero Stress Deliciousness. And that's all about, we all just lived through COVID. We lived yeah. through a quarantine. We didn't get to have friends over all the time. It's like less about how fancy your food is on the table. Just make really incredible food and get your friends around your table and then like enjoy each other's company. That is all. And where can people pick up the fourth book once it comes out? Anywhere books are sold. Anywhere books are sold. Yes. That is the fourth book. <laughs> quick quick thing, breakdown, got to ask it. Fourth book, how did we do financially? Advance higher than before? Yeah, lower? the did advances you make a have, have gotten, sub, like they've gotten bigger as we go, but like I still spend, you know, six figures making the book. Gotcha. Matt and Adam are very expensive. Wow. <laughs> My photographer and food stylist. I'll tell you what. Well, you know, if you pick up one of our books it's going to be high quality we it know is that beautiful six figures plus just <laughs> to make the book we're just focusing more on bringing things in house like if it's i'm cool. going to grow what's gobby cooking and to be the media brand that i want it to be that has product extensions i have to own it sure like i have to own everything so it was a really hard decision but mm-hmm. it was something that we thought about for a very long time and finally made the decision a couple months ago. That's a big undertaking though, right? Because yeah, you have to, the, the cost of the product, the manufacturing, the packaging, that's all under you now, <laughs> it's right? terrifying. Yeah, but it's very exciting because yeah. it's something I can speak to. I know the lingo now. Sure. I know about Comans. I know about 3PLs. I know all that kind of stuff. So like, let's see if we can do it on our own. And then we have full creative control over what it looks like, what kind of packaging it's in. Like we do D to C on my website so we can like really monitor every, like I have a lot more insight into that, which I'm looking forward to gaining control of. Got it. Love it. There are a lot of acronyms there. Some of our listeners will know what those are. Some won't. 3PL is the third party logistics. Logistics. Yeah. Yeah. And Coman is who actually makes the product. So it's the person who's like blending all my seasonings, putting them into the right container and then shipping them to the 3PL so they can ship them out. Perfect. Yeah. We have uh, a guy that does the recap with me. He's the voice of the viewer. He's got a lot of skill sets. His business acumen is not one of them. Okay. So he'll ask me the, all the, like, the, the business for dummies. <laughs> so he'll be like, his head's going to explode in this section right. and he'll break it down. Okay, Jason, slow it down. Okay. What does D to C mean? So we're going to get there. Did you have to f- raise money to like do this on your we're own? How much are you going to have to invest? We're going to fund okay. that internally. So no. Got it. So you'll own 100% of it. Correct. Love it. Yeah. And what's going to be the first skewer product? Or We're going to, we'll bring our seasonings in house first. So that'll okay. be, we'll do the first probably six, the best sellers that everyone loves. And then 
I envision it having like I envision having drops. So like we'll do a limited run of that so people can re-up, save it, put it in the freezer, keep it forever. And then, you know, we'll just kind of do it like that. Okay. And will you use any form of like influencer marketing or anything else? Or are you going to just drive it yourself? I think we'll just drive it ourselves to okay. start because we have an audience and yep. then I have no cost per acquisition. Sure. If we need to do influencer marketing down the road, for sure. Like I know it works. Like I, yeah. I can see my sales for other companies. So yeah. like I think that's a definite option. We just so don't have cool. that cash yet. <laughs> I love it. It's going to come. That is awesome. That is so cool you bring it in house. The last question I have on this whole topic was when you did, <laughs> we talked about the cold calling. I'm sure people are like, what? How? Yeah. Like how? Where do you find a number? To so, call or, or email. so I think it was an email actually <laughs> okay. for that one. But today, and today, like you said, at LinkedIn is amazing. Yeah, like we're incredible. looking for an ops person right now. I spend so much time on LinkedIn; it's incredible, and you can find anything. You can find. You can go to the company. You can look at their employees. You can look at their different like divisions yeah. where they're working and find them. Okay. Request to connect with them. Send them a send them a DM. Like anyone who's in the corporate world is checking their LinkedIn on the daily basis. Like like you and I check Instagram DMs. Sure, sure. They're checking their LinkedIn DMs. There you go. And now so. you know Gabby's looking for operations manager. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're looking for a job out there, shoot her, shoot her a message. Maybe something will come from yep. this. It actually, I was just at, it reminded me, I was at, we had Jill Zarin on from The mm -hmm. Real Housewives and I was just at one of her non-for-profits and she saw me uh, and she goes, the first thing I was like, hi, how are you, Jill? She goes, she didn't even say hello. She goes, you're not going to fucking believe it. In her like Long Island, <laughs> New York accent, I was like, well, it's good to see you. And she tells me, she goes, you're a fucking podcast. You're a fucking podcast. The head of TJ Maxx calls me and they want my rugs in their stores. No. I couldn't believe it. She couldn't believe That's it. So amazing. you never know who's listening. You never. Maybe your and, next and operations manager. watching. Like you have to, it's so wild how small of a world it is. Crazy. And yeah. like we're all, we can all be connected so quickly, even if it's a quick cold call or cold yeah. email, which I think is just so cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that is so impressive. One thing I want to ask too is, is this is we're going back to basics if someone is cooking for a business partner cooking for a relationship cooking for their mom or dad what would you say is like the easiest recipe but is still like you're actually sh like doing something that's impressive so the recipe that I've heard from my audience that's garnered the most proposals uh -huh. and like secured a boyfriend or two, <laughs> yes. stuff like that. You maybe you impressed your husband's business partners who came over, your wife's business partners, whatever, is the chicken Parmesan meatballs on my website. Okay. So imagine chicken Parmesan, which is like a chicken cutlet that's pounded, breaded, and then like in red sauce baked with mozzarella and parm on top. Oh, salivating. In a meatball. So it's ground chicken with like seasonings and there's a little chunk of mozzarella inside the meatball. So like when you bite into this meatball with pasta, you get like this molten mozzarella. Oh. I know it's really freaking Gosh, delicious. That sounds so good. That's my favorite thing with like a side of roasted broccolini and like a great cocktail. Okay. I asked that for what you guys can make. I'm now asking this one for when people are spending money. So mm. you're going to a restaurant, you're going yes. to a grocery store. Things have gotten out of control from an inflation standpoint. What advice would you have for a consumer? Like if they're going to a restaurant or if they're buying something, Something. Is there something that's usually very overpriced or marked uh -huh. up they should stay away from? Just the whole aspect of spending when it comes to food, beverage at a restaurant. So twofold, twofold answer. For grocery stores, I would say the best way to kind of get the bang for your buck is to meal plan. So you're like, I'm going to get this one rotisserie chicken and turn it into enchiladas on Monday and then turn it into like a casserole on Tuesday. And okay. like kind of meal, like plan your week out so you don't have to buy like ahead of cilantro and only use half of it okay. like really think about how you can make all your produce and your protein and everything last 
for a restaurant, I mean, fish and meat are so expensive right yeah. now. Like I was at a restaurant this weekend, Branzino was $44. I was Jeez. like, that's absurd. Like that's wild. And food is what we spend our money on. Like I don't care about my car. Like yeah. I want to spend my money on, I don't care about clothes. Like I want to spend my money on what I'm eating. Yeah. But even that, it's, like, it's a lot. So for me, it's like when I'm going out, I will order an incredible pasta or like some really fun vegetables that I'm not going to make at home because it takes too much time to prep them or something like that. But if you want to like splurge and yeah. get like, like I, of course, steak and fish are the best and yeah. then you don't have to do the cleanup. But you're going to spend 44 bucks on a Branzino at home so you can spend it at a restaurant and not have yeah. to deal with the cleanup or the any of it. Super marked up. Yeah. All right. The last one I got is someone does want to spend, they want to splurge top three restaurants you would recommend. In Los Angeles? Um. Let's do, let's just do your top three restaurants. Okay, my in the top States. three restaurant that I'm splurging on. Yeah, you're okay. splurging. Because if we're not splurging, we're going to Don Antonio's on Pico here Ooh, in LA. Okay, there you go. There's that one. But if we're splurging, my favorite is Don Angie's okay. in New York City. Have you ever been there? Never. But I'm going to add it to my list. I'm going to New York in two days. Yeah, go Don there. Don Angie's. Don Angie's. It's Don incredible. Angie's. Got they it. have pinwheel lasagna. Oh. It's life altering and great brunellas. I'm literally drooling during yeah. this conversation over here. <laughs> Zahav in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia. Okay. Incredible. It's a cool call out. Is, yes, incredible Israeli food. It's one of my favorite restaurants Ooh, love ever. Love that. And somewhere to splurge in LA. I mean, I love oh, I went to this place called Misami. It's a French restaurant in okay. like Hollywood proper. Yeah. Excellent. There you go. Okay, yeah, like those... they have a seafood tower. It's very aggressive. Ooh, okay. It's a show. It's go a with, show. Go with a group. Go with a group. <laughs> Put on the show. Get your Instagram tags out there. And the last one I have to ask, because I know the Curious Canadian Voice of Viewer will want me asking a chef like yourself, favorite fast food joint? in and out in a no-brainer. No. I mean, uh, I mean that was, that second very... run-up was a quesadilla from Taco Bell. Okay, though I agree with that. The chicken quesadilla <laughs> is unbelievable. It's exceptional with the salsa in the packets. Oh, so God. Good. There you go. A chef, <laughs> even a chef can take down a chicken quesadilla from Taco Bell. All right, well, we got into all your businesses, your story. It's been so from pre-med to where you are today. What a wild journey. Yeah. You got to leave us with a trading secret, though. So it's something about financial management, career management, life management. You can't learn a textbook. You can't learn a classroom. They can only hear from Gabby. I mean, for I think one of the threads that's been through my life is just not taking no for an answer. Like, like they that. don't teach you in business school that if some, well, I mean, maybe they do. I never went to actual business school. But if someone says no, <laughs> go find someone who's going to say yes. I, I, I still ask my dad sometimes to pay for my flights home. Like I can afford it. But like if he wants to pay for it, cool. Like what's the harm in asking? Like you always have to ask for what you want. And if you want something that badly, you'll find someone who can do it for you. I love it. As a guy with an overpriced MBA, I could tell you they don't have a class <laughs> on how to not accept no for an answer. So that's the takeaway today. Gabby, where can everyone find everything you have going on? Everything's on whatsgobbycooking.com or okay. whatsgobbycooking on Instagram. Beautiful. Well, congratulations on everything and thank you for coming on Trading Secrets. Thank you for having me. Ding, ding, ding. Ladies and gentlemen, we are fired up because we are doing this recap and we are doing this recap at night. Few drinks are down the hatch. We're feeling it. We're living it. Happy Labor Day to you out there. Thank you guys for being with us. I'm out in New York City this weekend. Uh, we're going to the U.S. Open tomorrow for a brand deal with Intercontinental Hotel Group. And uh, Caitlin was in Vancouver and Kelowna, so that's good. But that's our update. But more importantly, I have the one, the only, David Arduin. Go follow him on Instagram. And the curious Canadian with me to break down the Gobby episode. David. What are you thinking? 
Well, I'm thinking it's nice to talk to some some human beings, not about hockey. I've been absolutely in the trenches running training camp. Uh, kids have moved into the hockey academy. We are full systems go. So I'm excited to see some different faces and talk about some different things and get, get into the meat of this episode. All right, David, I love that. It's beautiful that you have a side hustle like this. You can channel that energy. These kids you're talking to, they're from all over the country. They're 18 years old. Yep. What are, like, if you could summarize in like two sentences, what are 18-year-olds talking about these days? That's a great question. It's kind of changed over the years a little bit. TikTok was like hot in the streets. You know, they're talking about the Charlies. They're talking about the Dixies. They're talking about the Noah Becks. Um, you know, Do they think a it's group. a big deal that we got Mark D'Amelio on? They think a couple people we've got on is a big deal. Like they were freaked out with Gary V. They thought Gary V was a huge deal. Obviously, when we had Biz Nasty on, big hockey guy, they thought he was a big deal. They're pretty in tune. I actually had one person ask today if we win a national championship, can they all come on the podcast? You're fucking right, you guys can. Yeah. So, oh, dude, we will do, if put it out right now. David, you guys win the national title for United States of America, U18s. We're going to do a live pod. We're going to do the pod in the locker room, and we're just going to shoot the shit with 18-year-olds and see what they think for business and what's next for them. And just like, we're going to do like a trading secrets on the streets in the locker room of David's team. I think we should. Like if it. you guys think we should do that anyway, regardless of winning a national championship, remember to give us five stars and just tell us in the review, do it or don't do it. And uh, I owe you some BK Selects gear. It's on the way. I forgot to give it to you last time you were here. But the boys are buzzing. Uh, this episode was buzzing. And it's about food and what's Gabby cooking. And you know me, big foodie, yourself, hey. big foodie. You've had a good day. You're thinking about ordering some late night food. I approve that message. I got to stop you here because this was, I'm stopping behind the scenes. I'm interrupting. It's, it took me a lot, especially with a Gabby being the current bachelorette. It's Gabby. Okay. You know what? I shit you not. Yeah. It's on the top of my notes saying, why were you calling her Gabby? Did you know that you were calling her Gabby? Cause I'm so used to hearing Gabby. And then I didn't say it because she referenced and talked to her about herself and her products is Gabby. My bad Gabby. I'll own that one. That's Gabby. on me. Gabby, her name's Gabby. She's an absolute fucking beauty. She, she, when we finished, she's like, thank God I didn't swear so much. I'm like, oh man, if I knew that, I would have gone back in. The issue I had though is I'm so, especially with the bachelorette being Gabby, I had two in my notes. I had to change every single time in my pre notes. It said G A B Y. I had to change it, change it to G A H B Y because one of my producers, Steven, uh, had told me that he had because we you know we got a team that helps me out here right and he had watched some interviews from her and this one interviewer kept saying Gabby Gabby and and you could tell Gabby's a firecracker and every time she interrupted the person it was like it's it's Gabby yeah I mean she's an absolute <laughs> firecracker this girl like uh, she first off uh, one it's a common theme here which a little self deprecating here she's so smart. And like, she's an, a cold blooded entrepreneur. And I just feel like anyone who comes from the blog days and made it as a blogger to like now, like a, a media empire or like just, you know, an owner of things is just so much well versed for just like being a go getter and going and going after and finding information and, and wanting to maximize their ventures. She's, she was smart and it's about food. And, you know, other than, you know, her saying in and outs the best fast food, which I'm going to hard, I'm going to disagree with Gabby. So 
but she was she was special that one i feel like you and her had great chemistry too she was great i loved her tenacity i'm gonna get to your favorite fast food i'm gonna get to your if you could put any chain next to your house what chain it would be those questions are coming but david one thing we talked about in this episode was the whole uh premise from a consumer like when you're going out right now and you're spending money on food like you know what you don't want to cook you just want to be served like what are things to be aware of seafood and steak now to me especially seafood. Seafood's like one of the number one things I'll go out for because I don't cook it well. And I just, tonight I treated myself. Tonight I was just like, you know what? Take myself out to a little date. Went to a place, got a martini. I got a, okay, I got the cheapest steak on the menu. So it was the petite filet. You know, they have like the wagyu and the fucking shrimp and the blah, blah, blah. It was the smallest just plain ass petite filet. I didn't get any vegetables. I didn't get any starches. I got a sushi roll, sushi roll, glass of wine, a martini, and a petite filet with tax and tip in the bill. One individual sitting at the bar. How much? Don't say over a hundred bucks. Don't do it. David, a hundred and ninety nine dollars. Ninety nine. Hundred and ninety nine dollars. I mean, oh I don't understand. God. Like the martini was like 25 bucks. This is now I was like close to downtown, downtown Nashville. It doesn't matter. And it was just, dude, well, downtown Nashville also has the highest tax on alcohol in the entire country is in Nashville, Tennessee. It's 20, 24%, I think. Yeah, I actually just heard that recently. That so, is absurd. Like by myself, right? $199. And I can afford it. I like, I, But it's just like, what the fuck is happening in the world? So I, you know, David, you know me. I'm a big newspaper guy. I was Don't reading the Walsh. Don't tell me the crinkling is the paper. Okay, yeah, I got the paper. Oh my God. Are you there judging are probably me? 10 people in Nashville that have the Wall Street Journal. Is that the Wall Street Journal? The this New is the York Wall Times? Street Journal. Wait, you, you t- you're judging? You don't get the paper? Dude, I don't get the paper. <laughs> I don't get, how, how do you, you get, get your fucking 24 news? hours you to go find a newspaper? watch the D'Amelio's? Mark D'Amelio's you, coming on in a couple of weeks. Be ready. You is that where do you get your news? Twitter. Okay. Well, anyway, I fucking wake up, grab a cup of Joe, <laughs> and read the paper. And I mean, there's a lot of shit going on. First of all, the S and P 500 right now, the volume of the shorts on the S and P 500 like has never been more intense. So that's a little terrifying. But somewhere here, I have some statistics on. The imagine price. there was a ser- imagine there was a search bar on that Wall Street Journal. You could probably find what you're looking for in like three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you that. But don't you think there's something? While I am looking for this, don't you think there is something about holding the paper? Um, it's the smell of it is like you know that's a that's like a tangible like memory that. But like holding it, no. I mean, the cartoons on a on a sa- Saturday back in the day when I was like ripping through it. Maybe do like a quick word search or crossword. The cheat, cheat my ass off. Look at the back page for the answers. Pretend is that I'm what smart. You, is that what you do with Wordle every day? No. Okay. You know me. Yeah. The I'm guy claims recorder. the best Wordle guy. And here he goes. Okay. But we got inflation. You know, it's up the ass. But it's come back down. It's about 6 7%. Um, right now, 12-month percent increases in food prices. Because there is a, a big discussion over high grocery bills that are looming over midterm elections. Overall food at home in the last year 
is up 13%. Cereals and bakery products up 15% in the last year. Meat, poultry, fish, and eggs up 12%. Dairy, 14%. Fruits and vegetables, almost 10%. Non-alcoholic beverages, 13%. And alcohol, other food at home, other food at home, over 15%. The price of our groceries have gotten out of control. And that's all I got. It's out of control. And... uh... It's depressing, and that's why my fridge has no food in it. And uh, but no, that's then, because going, you take too many edibles and you eat your fridge out. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a little bit of a restrictive measure for that, but I don't know. Um, did you ever go to Don and Angie's restaurant that she recommended? You know, <laughs> I'm so glad you asked that. So Caitlin and I went to New York City, and we went to New York City for a work trip with Intercontinental Hotel Group, and. I got a reservation. I DM'd them and they got us in and I was super excited because you couldn't get a reservation anywhere. And Caitlin was very, very adamant about getting sushi. So, you know what? I detoured. I lost that battle and I took one for the team. We went to sushi, but I'm going to be back in. Well, technically this came out on the 4th and I'm in New York on the 4th. So Evan, you're back there. Don and Angie's. Let's do it. Do you have a, uh, um, particular feeling about someone who says when food is life altering or life changing, does that strike a chord with you? Or are you okay with people saying that? Because I, I know th- one of our best friends, Hawk Jameson, it's his most biggest skin crawling pet peeve is when people say food is life, life altering. I mean, to me, there's some food that's life altering. Can I have an example? Mighty taco. That um, carbone. I, I haven't had carbone. I haven't. In a, haven't had carbone in a year and I still talk about it. Okay. My mom and dad, we went, it was literally a year ago to this day, and they still on the reg reference that meal we had at Carbone. Well, that's a good sign though. That's all that you that's all that you you want out of a food establishment. In and out. Can I get a review? Have you ever you've had in and out? Yeah, I mean the burger's fucking unbelievable. It truly is. The burger's unbelievable. But the fries are the trashiest fries. fries fries I mean, I would take Burger King fries over in and out fries. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Glad we can get squared but away. But the burger is the best burger. It's like Chick-fil-A. Chicken's the best chicken. You can't argue that. Five guys better than in and out overall experience. I'm going to take that as it is. We're going to move on. Uh, she didn't start drinking coffee until she was how old? Like now, which is nuts. And when did you start drinking coffee? I don't know. When I was fucking born. I have like eight cups a day. <laughs> it's an issue. I should probably go get my heart checked. <laughs> Speaking of I healthcare did- costs, I should probably go take care of that. I didn't start drinking coffee until I started intermittent fasting. Shout out to Gobby for intermittent fasting with me. You know I'm big about that life. You are big about that. Are you still on that train? I'm still on that train. It's the only way that it keeps me sane. So I've been off the train a little bit just because the trainer, and we're getting so away from business and finance, but fuck <laughs> it. Um, my, the trainer we've been working with here and there, he's like, dude, you, like, you want to grow? Like You don't eat nearly enough. You need to eat. You need to eat. Keep eating. And uh, I mean, I want to put a little muscle mass on. So I guess I got to eat more. You do. You do. You got to feed. You got to eat big to get big. That's the old saying. And he even said, like, I'm not worried about like, he's like, you know, because I was like, yeah, I should just stop drinking. He's like, honestly, drink here and there. I'm not worried about that. Just keep showing up. Hydrate, sleep, take care of yourself and eat protein. I got a question for you. Okay. She used to be a private chef. Gobby yeah. before she Jessica got into the Simpson. blog space and the product Jessica lines. Simpson, yep. like, uh, you have enough money to afford one of these, but not all of these. What are you choosing? 
a private chef, a private driver, a personal trainer, or a personal shopper. It is not even discussion, a private chef. Yeah. You're telling me every meal could be cooked when I walk in the way I want it, what I want? No. You know what, though? I'm really surprised that you didn't say personal driver because where a guy do I go? Like when you, I'm in Nashville, I'm a fucking hermit, dude. I don't do anything. You're also a horrific driver. So um, I am. I, I would have been an F1 driver. I know how to buzz, baby. <laughs> You're such a bad driver. It's not even. I think the last time we were in a car together, I texted my mom and I was like, mom, this is the last time <laughs> the that I ever talked to you. I love you. David and Caitlin are terrifying. They're both from like the weird, like West, not weird, but like far out West Coast, Canada. Like they're from the same yeah, the area. Most be- what I'm the saying. most beautiful, most beautiful place and in the world. Yeah, their really mannerisms great. are similar and their, their, their sense of humor is a, it's very similar, and both of you guys are very vocal about my driving. But Easy, I also ramen, am ramen. surprised. You're also a man of like time and time management and like time value of money. And maybe that the chef plays into it, but I know you're a hermit in Nashville, but you travel a lot. Every time you get off a plane, you have a personal driver. He's there. He's taking you, blah, 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 blah. Like you all of a sudden never have to drive anymore. I feel like. I mean, I wouldn't mind a personal driver in Nashville because these Ubers here just talk your fucking ear off the entire time. I mean, it's like, I feel like I'm going to therapy when I get an Uber in Nashville. <laughs> it's like, it's actually, I don't know if it's therapy or it's like, I'm getting it. It's like FBI investigation. Like, How who are you? you what think- do you do? Where are you from? Why are you here? What's your story? Why aren't you married? I'm like, holy shit. You're worse than trolls <laughs> on the internet. I thought that was just the tabloids that were asking you those questions. Um, Uber drivers too. I'm obviously a huge Uber driver life story guy. What do you mean? Like you like, <laughs> you, you like to hold, you like, you like to open up to the Uber drivers? I could. If I wrote a book <laughs> called the Uber Chronicles, I could tell you, I could fill up the droughted lakes in California with the tears that I would that I would be able to produce <laughs> from some of the stories <laughs> I've learned in like, Uber drivers. You are the only guy in America that likes to conversate in those situations. Like literally, if you upgrade the comfort on your Uber, the one of the only options you get is do you want it warm or cold or do you want your Uber driver to shut the fuck up? And you are like looking for the switch where you could gear your Uber driver up. I grab the like volume nozzle and I crank up the intensity of the conversation. That's my only request. That's out- it's, it's the most outrageous thing, but it's also the most David Arduin curious Canadian thing. That said, David, as a host, I got to bring us back. Uh, okay. We are <laughs> recapping the Gabi episode. We yep. now know your instincts on fast food. Let's talk a little bit more about restaurants. I have two questions for you because you're a big food guy. Best yep. restaurant you've ever been to. And if you could put any chain, not fast food, any chain n- literally next door to your house, what chain would you put? Okay. Um, great question. I think the best restaurant I can't go ever been to because my I'm just not firing all those cylinders today. But uh, I went to a restaurant in or- uh, Winter Park, uh, Orlando called Ava, Ava Mediterranean. And it was one of the swaggiest, coolest places ever. We got the salt baked Branzino. We got the like smoked uh, lamb and like the thing where they take the lid off and smoke comes out. And I think it's more about the experience now than the actual food. Like if I, if I feel like I'm getting the value of the experience when I get the bill, it's just so much more palatable than being at like an old school steakhouse and getting like a really well cooked steak on a white tablecloth and yeah. just being like, blah. No, I get, I get that. I think the steakhouse experience is getting old. I agree with that. 
I think what's really getting old is anytime you step into a restaurant these days, it's hundreds of dollars to eat. It's fucking nauseating. And then I think maybe I, I, I'm going gonna, gonna to sit back and say, what is the most outrageous comment David said today? Is it the fact that he gears up that quote unquote nozzle with Uber drivers? Or is it the fact that he said the best restaurant in his entire life, especially being born and raised in the Pacific Northwest where there are top restaurants, was in Orlando fucking Winter Florida? Park. There's no way the best restaurant ever in anyone's eyes is in Orlando, Florida. I said recent memory. I didn't say of all time. Okay. If I'm going all time, I'm probably going to Italy. You know what? Here you go, Thank Jay. Thank you. You ready for now this? At least you, ready for this? you ready for this? Probably the best culinary experience I ever had was with you and Hawk and Evan at Nemecolin, where The Bachelorette was filmed that one year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah or yeah. Matt James' scene of The Bachelor. Oh, and we yeah. got that experience with the seven courses and the handwritten letter that navigated our way through all of the meals and the courses and we had to pick certain animals on a on a sheet of paper and that's how they cooked our meals it was wild that was like the escape room but it was a restaurant (laughs) (laughs) you literally you put like there's it's like michelin it's like a michelin restaurant and you they'll say exactly what kind of meat do you want you like circle it like a maze and then all of a sudden based on your inputs they have the most outrageous output and uh i think maybe our best trip together ever david and our many years of being friends was nemicolon i think we need to go back we've tried to organize back but uh, our schedules don't exactly uh allow for us to plan too far ahead but we got to go back love it. if there was if there was one thing you got something before i switch yeah, gears the, here? Uh, chain one chain next to your house what would it be uh if there was one chain directly next to my house i got to be strategic about that it's got to serve breakfast lunch and dinner uh have a dessert option for ashley um if i could go one chain god i'm so bad at this off the top of my head Confession, I did go to Dairy Queen drive through the other day, and it was great because you get the dessert option, but I can't go Dairy Queen. I'm going to go What dessert with, did you get? You got a blizzard, didn't you? Yeah, I got a blizzard. And what did you order off the meal at Dairy Queen? I got the uh, Firehouse Stack Burger, uh, <laughs> chicken sandwich, which getting chicken from Dairy Queen is just outrageous, and it was shockingly good. And then I got the, the blizzard, obviously, which is just the biggest no-brainer. How much did it cost? Average. Let's talk. We got to uh, at least bring up one fucking number here. One chain. I'm just no, going to go. David, how much did your Dairy Queen cost? Oh, it was 16 bucks. That's what I'm saying. I got a salad today. I got a salad today. And then I got asked if I want to add the protein. And I sure did. $27 for a salad. It's disgusting. Here's what we're going to do. I want to bring this back to the podcast just a little bit here. And we're 20 yep. minutes in. And after 20 minutes and thinking about this conversation, I truly don't know what we said. Uh, but that being said, I want to give us a challenge. One we're going to adhere to. The challenge is going to be this week. I want you next week to come prepared with every penny you spent on food and beverage. And we're going to do that. And I'm in New York, so it's going to get ugly. But I want to do that. You good for that? Let's bring some money personal finance concept to this complete disaster. Okay. Uh, <laughs> last thing. If you could take one thing that you learned from Gobby that she does in her, person, in her personal or professional life and add it to your life, what would it be? Stop waiting for someone to do it for you or for the email mm. to come in or for the call to be received. If there's something truly you want, find a way to go get it. Like David, you and I want to go on big brother. Let's go find it. 
Let's go see the executive producers. Let's go DM them. Let's go call them. Let's go get on. Let's if we want something, let's do it. I love her tenacity. I love her just her drive, her passion. It's Gabby's way or no way, and I mean that in the biggest compliment ever because that's how she lived her life and that's why she's living her dream. I think that's real cool. And then I'll say this, when I ordered today, I was looking at the menu uh, after I spent $200 on nothing. Although it was a very enjoyable time, I did enjoy it. I kept thinking about Gabby because I loved what she said about like, order something that like you can't cook as well at home. You know, like if you're going to pay that premium, like a sushi roll, I have no idea how to make a sushi roll. Like order that, like order something that you can't do yourself. I like it. I like it. Backdooring your way into opportunities. I have it bold and highlighted and we never got to it until 20 minutes in because it was just great banter. You know what? I hope the people listening liked it. I needed this. I needed this tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Maybe this is spinoff series, late night chats, late night Uber chats with Jason and David. Late night Uber chats with Jason and David. (laughs) Uh, If you guys enjoyed the banter, please give us five stars and give us feedback. Give us five stars first and then give us feedback. Maybe you like the banter. Maybe you want more banter. Maybe you just want personal financial statistics. We're a little burnt out. It's late right now. It's past 10 o'clock and we're just grinding this out. So we took a different approach. We apologize if you are offended, but we'll be back next week. And next week, we're going to get really really, really back on pace because we have money with Katie coming in and she is a personal finance expert. And I like to think I have some personal finance skill sets, background and acumen. We go at, we don't go at it, but we just like talk about all different topics, her opinion, my opinion, all the ins and outs. On that episode too, we're going to have callers call in. So if you have questions about personal finance and what's happening in this craziness of a market, go to our Instagram and follow us at Trading Secrets podcast. Okay. Trading Secrets podcast. We did find out there is one uh, Instagram page out there that is trying to mimic us. They have like 11,000 followers. They put in Trading's Secret podcast, no less. We are Trading Secrets podcast with 128,000 followers now growing fast, all from that viral video, which we talked about it on the We Were What episode. So we will be giving you the voicemail line to call in. You can be on this podcast. Your question could be answered. David, Anything else you want to wrap up with? I mean, people copying our uh, Instagram. What an awesome form of flattery. I have noticed in many podcasts we do, David, the guests will DM me afterwards loving the recap. That's awesome. That's flattery. Gabby, if you're here, I I truly want from the bottom of my heart want to apologize for this recap. No, she said she was going to listen too. And I had, she oh. answered the two things, the, the 3PL and the Konoma. I had all the things written down. Uh, she was great. Look, Gabby, when you bring the heat, when you bring the 96 mile an hour fastball right down the right down the middle of the plate and, it, and I swing and miss, there's just nothing. Bobby, <laughs> sorry, jeez. You're the, a mess today. Come on, guys. All this right. is just, hey, we need to just delete. Should we delete this or just let it go? You gotta let it go. Right, I mean, come on, gotta let it go. Gabby, I'm sorry. You're you're the goat. You're the goat. Great episode. Every other recap, we get in the weeds. We talk technical work. Today's a shit show, but the best kind of shit show. And guess what? Maybe back at home, you've experienced a shit show and you can relate. But here we are, David. I'm afraid to let you close it out, but it's what <laughs> I got to do. Do you have anything else to close it out? No, not at all. National championship on the way. Training secrets podcast here. Money with Katie. 
next week. That's it. Gabi, you're a legend. If you don't go follow her, if you don't follow her, go follow her right here, right now, because she is an unbelievable entrepreneur and she will give you recipes that you can't afford to miss. We'll see you next Monday. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest.